it's been proven time after time that your childhood experiences kind of mold you into the adult you are. I, I always say we're just children walking around in adult suits pretending we haven't figured out. Welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast, where we get real and experience freedom. I'm your host, Ramesha Nicole, an international teacher, speaker, and coach who, after just 10 months of living abroad, paid off over $10,000 worth of credit card debt. However, I soon learned that the journey wasn't about the debt, but that it was a journey of internal transformation. I learned that true debt freedom was in my mind, body, and soul. Now on this podcast, I am on a mission to helping you shift your perspective on debt from the inside out. So get ready, y'all, because it's about to get real. I'm back. Hello, hello, Freedom Fighters, and welcome to season two of Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. Guys, I cannot believe that we are officially in season two of the podcast. And if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I definitely did not plan to do a podcast so soon, but God definitely had other plans and he definitely has a message that he wanted to get out. So I was obedient. And won't he do it? The podcast is doing well. Now, I know that it's only been a week or so, but I just want you all to know that I truly, truly missed you all. Um, let me give you this disclaimer. Season two is going to blow your mind. I want to say that again. Season two is going to blow your mind and it might even snatch a few of your edges. And if you're unfamiliar with that phrase, snatch your edges means, it means that it's going to get you together. It is going to call you to be a higher version of yourself. You're going to look and see where you weren't operating as a higher version of yourself, and you're going to want to get it together. You definitely want to make sure that you subscribe so that you do not miss when a new episode drops. As I mentioned to you all back in season one, this podcast is all about how the Lord told me to stop running from debt financially and how I began to go into and onto this journey of internal transformation, which I soon learned was a journey of me ridding myself of internal debt. And if you hadn't had a chance, go back to season number one and listen to the debuting podcast episode where I give you a whole overview of what that was like and how I actually began this process. If this is your first time joining us, what I want you to know is that this isn't your typical debt freedom show. In this community, we believe that true debt freedom is in your mind, body, and soul. And that if you're not free and whole in those areas, it will not only affect your finances, but infect your finances. I take us through what I refer to as the four phases of internal transformation and how they relate to debt freedom. For more information on those four phases, I want you to head back to mini lessons one through four of season one, and there you'll be able to gain a deeper understanding of those four phases and the correlation to actually getting yourself out of debt. Today's episode is all about phase one, which is past lessons 
It's about why healing your inner child is so important if you are going to break free. That's why I invited my sister in purpose and certified family trauma professional and EQ-based educator, Trina Casey, to be the first guest of this season. And if I can be honest, this episode is so timely as I continue to do my own inner work that I've been doing with my therapist and my personal life coach. I want to make sure that I allow you to soak up all of what's going to be shared here today. So let me go ahead and read you Trina's official bio. Trina Casey is a certified family trauma professional, CBT coach, children's book author, EQ-based educator, and thought speaker who is taught all over the world. She currently resides and teaches in Amsterdam and has lived and taught in Italy, Indonesia, and all over the U.S. Trina had a passion for writing at a young age and uses her inner child to tap into her imagination to write children's books that focus on teaching emotional intelligence. She created this real-life books with the encouragement of her son, who loved the bedtime story she told him every night to help him deal with the self-doubt caused by bullying in school. All of the stories would give him practical tools to deal with the problems he faced at school while retaining a positive view of himself. He soon was able to speak his truth not only to his peers, but also to the teachers who were not giving him the support he needed. It was then she decided teaching EQ would be her purpose. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my sister in purpose, Trina Casey. All right. Hi, Trina. Welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for being here, y'all. Let me just tell y'all, if you guys could actually see, Trina looks like a black melanin goddess, y'all. She is so beautiful. (laughs) I can say in friend, you look so pretty. You, she's, guys, she is a real black goddess. So, but. You're too sweet. Thank you, Trina, for being here. Okay, so Trina, you work a lot with emotional intelligence. And as as a school counselor, I know a little bit about emotional intelligence. So can you tell the listeners exactly what emotional intelligence is and how it helps us as we show up and operate in our day-to-day life? Okay, so emotional intelligence is about how we move in the world, how we feel about ourselves. To break it down, I I use it in five different principles. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first one is self-awareness. That is how you feel to know where you are emotionally, biologically. Did you eat today? Is that why I'm grouchy? Those type of things before you interact with someone. And then you have self-regulation. And that's how you are going to respond to other people and how you feel. So when you get upset with somebody, how you regulate your emotions. Do you breathe? Do you meditate? Do you do things that, you know to stop you from having uh, either a, a negative reaction to the person. And then you have motivation. And motivation is what motivates you in life, what gets you up in the morning, what makes you happy, what you want to do, what you want to achieve, your purpose. And then you have empathy. And empathy, there's different types of empathy. There's three kinds. Matter of fact, in my podcast, I'm going to be talking about that next week. There's 
cognitive empathy, there's emotional empathy, and, and then there's compassionate empathy. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say that we need to aim for compassionate empathy because it's like a balance between the cognitive, just the intellectual, I understand how you feel, kind of thinking it out. And then the emotional where you absorb the person's energy and you could be like lose yourself and not be able to help. Compassion and empathy is like that. I am understanding intellectually and I'm keeping my emotions together so that I can take actions to help you if you need it. Mm, I like that. Then you have social skills and that's how you put all of it together and how you navigate through your relationships with people. If you're doing all that other stuff, your, your, your social relationship should be, your social skills should be pretty good. Cause you know that so-and-so's emotions are not necessarily your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're mm-hmm. having a bad day, you can recognize it's them, not you, or you can recognize it's you, not them. And therefore you can go through your interactions with them in a way that makes it more positive. How do you think that all of those components of emotional intelligence play a role in terms of us getting free financially? Ooh, wow. Now, I can answer this question so well as far as finances. When you are not aware of your emotions, you will do things with your money that you don't really think about. For example, emotional shoppers. When you are feeling bad, you you go out and you go buy yourself something good and that gives you a little bit of a high, even though when you ain't got the money to do that. <laughs> yes. So there is something called emotional spending that a lot of us go through because we we it's a reward system, just like somebody who would go out and, you know, eat a whole cake or something like that. It's sort of an, an addictive type quality. And I think financially, a lot of people go and spend money to cover up some emotional pain or burden, or they're really into appearances and they, they, they want to have the, the nice car and Mercedes and all that stuff. And, and then they're not even able to maintain it. Yeah. And it causes a lot of even more emotional stress. Yeah, you just hit on two of the phases. So I go, I take my clients through four phases of internal transformation. And listeners, again, if you guys hadn't had a chance, go back to the very beginning to season one, where I broke down the different four phases. So you have past lessons as phase one, and you hit on that. There is something of the past, and you're trying to fill that void. And then phase two is present identity as it relates to your debt freedom, right? Are you tied to the things of this world? Do you feel like a job? you know, determines your identity in relation to debt freedom? Do you feel like the car that you drive, right? Because we get ourselves in these situations, right? Because we think that the job validates us, right? Or we think that the car that we drive validates us. We think that the school that we go to, the degrees we have validate us, when in all actuality, those are the things that are actually keeping us bound in debt, right? So thinking about past lessons in terms of childhood, How does childhood trauma, how do things of the past of your childhood affect, how do you think that it plays a role in a person's journey to financial freedom in terms of emotional intelligence? Well, it's everything, really. You're, you know, 
it's been proven time after time that your childhood experiences kind of mold you into the adult you are. I, I always say we're just children walking around in adult suits pretending we haven't figured out while we spread our trauma on to children, our children or people we care about. We have to first go to that place of understanding why we feel the way we do. And you can go back to a childhood trauma that triggered that. And it could be something traumatic or it could be something micro that just happened repeatedly where you were, you were always kind of needing to be resilient, you know, against something, you know, and that goes into all areas, really. I mean, how you spend your money is connected to your childhood trauma. How you have relationships with people is connected to childhood trauma. So, and, and emotional intelligence is the key to healing that because it teaches you skills. It teaches you different ways to recognize when you're in that past trauma place, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh gosh, I'm really triggered by something or someone. Let me think, why, why is this happening? Oh yeah. Cause I remember that this happened in my childhood, that this thing basically made me feel devalued, you know, and that you are not enough. And Mm. so you compensate with things and people and, uh, and situations to try to repair the, the hurt, the injury. That's why, you know, my podcast, EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child, I always connect that together mm-hmm. in, in the process, in the, in the show where I'm trying to explain to the listeners what could have happened. Mm-hmm that made you easily triggered around this certain thing, this situation. And being of African-American descent, you know, we deal with that all of our lives, whether, you know, whether it was a big event or micro event, microaggressions constantly Mm -hmm. reminding us that we're in a certain place, you know, and that's when you get the that always reminds me of the rappers and they get all the chains and the big baller and all shot color, all that stuff yeah. to outwardly show that they're valuable, but internally they still struggle with value, self-value. Why do you think that it is so easy for us to expose who we are on the outside than it is for us to really heal who we are on the inside? Because who you really are on the inside is often not showing up who you are on the outside. Why do you think that we struggle with that so badly? Because we're trained in society to do that. That's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the training that everybody has. You know, we're taught from very long, young age that, you know, consumerism and capitalism is the way to show that you're valuable. So from commercials saying you're cool if you buy this or you're cool if you look like that, you know, the messaging to what beauty standards are. You have to be, you have to look like this, buy this, buy this lipstick, buy that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a constant programming messaging that's coming our ways as young as, you know, two years old. I mean, think about it. We're constantly just passing on our beliefs and ideas to our children if we don't have an awareness of ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. 
once you start having self-awareness and understanding why you think the way that you do and why you do the things that you do, you're able to regulate yourself. You're able to stop those habits Mm -hmm. and think about them more consciously so that you don't pass them on to your children, you know, or you correct them in yourself. One of the things that you mentioned was healing your inner child. And that's exactly something that I had to work on recently. And on season one of the podcast, we talked about how I really came to this realization, how when I was five years old, you know, my parents divorced when I was younger. And I've, you know, since then been able to have those conversations with them as to how that affected me. But if someone is still struggling, right, with things from their inner childhood and it's manifesting itself as dead now, what does that look like to even begin that process of healing your inner child? Like, what does that even look like? Oof, that's the, the first step, recognition. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lot of people don't get to the recognition spot until much later in life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it may be even be in your 40s, midlife crisis. You never know. But something, usually something that makes you suffer. Mm-hmm brings you into consciousness and awareness about childhood trauma. It's, it's universal. You know, you either have something that comes in a divine way that kind of enlightens you. Sometimes it's a near death experience. Sometimes it's, you know, losing everything that you have Mm -hmm. and having to regain yourself. Sometimes it's not that traumatic, you know, for me, I also had a very traumatic childhood experience and I didn't really come to grips with it until much later in life. And then again, there was another event that happened that made me look at it and another made me look at it. So it's a constant journey. There's no end point to the healing process. Let's Mm, just put it that way. That's good. No end point. No, this, the, that's the mistake that we put on the heal emotions, that they're things, but they're actually a process and they keep coming and going and ebbing and flowing. And when we get to a place of acceptance that that is what emotions are and that is what healing is, then we won't be so like impatient with ourselves to get there. Yeah. Just every day doing the best that you can and saying, this is the best that I could do today is an accomplishment, but it's the awareness and the consciousness around it. You know, like once you make the choice to say, I'm going to work on my inner child. I know there's something up. I haven't put my finger on it. That is the first step. And that is the most beautiful step because you chose it. Yeah. Where the trauma, you didn't choose. Mm, it's a journey, not a destination. A journey, not a destination. And so I want to go back. You said that you had a traumatic experience and then another experience. And then you came and then you went and go. So can you kind of walk us through an experience that you've had and how you've been able to utilize emotional intelligence to get you towards your journey to freedom? Mm, mm. Well, interesting enough, the the first thing that I had remembered connected to all the other things that happened. And um, when I was five, I was uh, molested by a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember that until much later because I had another traumatic thing happen. 
as I, as I like kind of, it came to me and I went, whoa, that makes sense. Why the other thing happened. And then the other thing happened because I couldn't see that I was putting in my, myself in positions to be harmed repeatedly because mm. I, I, I was in pain. You were and, putting yourself in positions. Ah, and oftentimes we don't realize it, but we are the ones keeping ourselves in debt emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, because we are putting our selves there. It's what you know. It's the feeling and the sensation that you understand. And just like with joy, pain can be very comforting to someone who is not aware of their trauma. They just know that's what I know. It's sort of like people who experience Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, they're in love with their abusers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think as a society, we sort of live that all the time. But yeah, it was, that happened. And then I had this like epiphany <laughs> when I, I, I was uh, about 18 19, 19 years old. And I had a boyfriend who, who, let me tell you, just say he did not value me the way that I should have been valued. And I just, I had had enough. And I realized that I had had, I went on and had other relationships with similar type of people. And then I decided at 30, I think it was. No, well, yeah, around that. I had been married before. I'm trying to think now. Um, I'm getting up there. When I was 27, I married my first husband. Mm-hmm. He was French Canadian, and I decided to quit my job, move to Montreal, and start a new life there. And then only for us to end up divorcing there. And, and it was at that moment as I was deeply depressed and about to take my life. I had a a little dog, Sadie, who was licking my face as I laid on the floor. And then I woke up and said, I can't do this to this sweet, loving, unconditional dog. I got to get up. I got to take care of him. And so I got out of myself Mm, mm -hmm. long enough to realize that I had a purpose. Yeah, And if that purpose was just to take care of this dog, I had to do that. And that was one of the biggest shifts. And I said, why did I want to do that? You know? Yeah. And it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just was in so much pain. And then I became a Buddhist at that point. I, I went to Kaikan in Montreal, met a wonderful woman who took me to this place and I heard the nam myoho go nam myoho go and all this resonance and I was like ah yes. this is what was missing you had an you awakening know? you had an encounter I had an awakening because you can't really feel good in life and and without some type of purpose that was the big part and then I I had to go deeper and I that's when I started really processing all mm-hmm. of the stuff that happened to me in childhood. But like I said, it takes something to push you. And, and those some things will keep happening. Like just recently, I am um, two years ago, no, three years ago, I did ayahuasca for the first time. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And woo, that came on time. I was just separating from now my second husband. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I still didn't get it. There was something I still missed. Because you were running from something. You remind me of myself, of me. I I thought I was running from the dead, but I was running from myself. Running from stuff. And, and, And not only just running, but just not not paying attention to me, mm-hmm. myself, my needs. I was always giving of myself, but yeah. not giving enough love to me my whole life because I was raised by somebody who made the world all about them. Yeah. And I was always trying to make that person happy all the time. And that's what I realized I had been doing. Mm. Relationship after relationship. If I'm a good girl, if I give and give and give, I'll be happy. But I always ended up empty. When you give and give and give, you end up empty. You end up depleted. And you can't, you know, you know, they always say, if you're not full, how can you pour into someone else? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a hard lesson for women because also that's what we're all, we've been programmed to do. Yeah. To give. To give, to give, to give, to give. I think I'm really starting to get to this place to where my no game is very strong. Yes. And when I say no, I mean it. If I don't want to go, no. If I don't want to do it, I don't care what you think. Because that kind of that FOMO, that fear of missing out, a fear of what others are going to think. And one of the things that for me, God has really been working on me with is releasing me from people. Right, Mm -hmm. really allowing me to purge from people pleasing, going along to just get along. You know, if if I'm not comfortable in something, I'm just not gonna do it because that reflects my level of love for myself. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's beautiful once you get to that place because then all of a sudden you have so much more to give and it's so much more meaningful. Yeah. What you give. Yeah. You know, and, and it's more powerful what you give. As women, we have to give ourselves the license to say no, to not care what other people think about us because we said no, to take on the horrible labels of either bossy or aggressive or or uppity or whatever label you want, high maintenance, whatever you want to put it. Sure. Okay. That's your that's your opinion. I don't really care about what you think about yeah. me. I know what I'm doing and what I'm doing is living in with my purpose to do and be able to give. But I can't give if you're just trying to constantly take from me and, yeah. and not giving in return. It has to be a two-way street, you know? Yeah, it has to be those deposits. You have to deposit those deposits and withdrawals. It has to be a continuous cycle of those. If there was someone that was listening who was kind of like on this path where we were, where we got to this place of wanting to heal their inner child, I know that recognition was the first step, but what other advice or information would you give them to really begin to start working on healing their inner child so that they can really experience the freedom, I'm sorry, that they mm-hmm. not only want, but that they rightfully deserve. Oh, see, I'm, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapy coach mm-hmm. as well. And one of the things that I feel so blessed about is that at around 10 years old, I used to, I got a journal. Mm-hmm. And I swear that journal saved me from going crazy as a kid, really. Mm-hmm. I'd say get a journal 
and start writing it all down. Start writing about your pain and where you think it comes from. And it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, it's free for all. Just sometimes it won't be even a complete sentence. It's just going to be emotions coming out and, you know, write that down. It doesn't have to be coherent. Just start writing down what you're feeling at the moment. Then start asking yourself some questions like, what did I do good today? What am I grateful for? Gratitude is powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What could I've improved on or what could I've done differently? What, or what, I w- what do I wish I would have done differently today? That just that process of um, purging mm-hmm. daily really brings a, 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 a knowledge of self. And then, you know, going back, when you go back and you kind of read that stuff, because what, what will happen is sometimes you'll just, you don't know who you are. You really, you really don't because you got all this, these different messages that thrown at you all, all the time. It's only when you have that time and peace alone. And then meditation. Uh, I'm, I can't stress how important it is to do that self-care because I consider meditation self-care. Yes. Um, and, and that meditation is, you know, for me, 20 minutes. And if you can't get 20 minutes, do, do five minutes. But yes. just enough time to be able to breathe. Yes, I do one at night. Um, I listen to the Honest Brothers on Apple Music and I'll link that in the show notes. It is called a 10 minute guided meditation and you can do it throughout the day, but that's normally my way to decompress from the day. So after I've had my shower at nighttime, I'm in my bed, my candle is burning and I'll go through my 10 minute. Sometimes I fall asleep with it on and I wake up in the middle of the night and it's still playing. But that's my way to release the tension that's in my muscles, in my body. And it's a guided meditation. It's literally walking me through breathing exercises. And I started incorporating meditation when I lived in Qatar at the end of every school day. Found them on YouTube, just that way to breathe, take myself away from the day release because we hold on to stress in our body and it shows up. Sure do. Most illnesses, most illnesses are psychosomatic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and stress is the biggest killer of them all. So anything that you can do to take the stress off, you know, it's going to put some years on your life. Yeah. But yeah, so those, I mean, those are the things that I can think of. Like, if you really want to go into childhood trauma, just start in the present moment. Start thinking about the feelings that you're having right now, exploring those, and then think about other times you felt like that, you know, and just jot them down. And I mean, I didn't really have that memory of five until I was uh, doing ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, oof, it brought me to a place of understanding of myself even deeper than I had before. Yeah. You know, Could you give us a little overview of what ayahuasca is for those who have no idea what it is? <laughs> ayahuasca is a medicine herb, two herbs from Peru originally, or um, the Amazonian. People have ceremonies all over the world, but people know mostly about Peru, Chile, uh, Chile, Venezuela, different places, and, and South America. But I live in Amsterdam, and at the time, ayahuasca was legal to do here, and so I did it with a group of people who was an organization that had been oper- operating for some time. You know, mm-hmm. basically, you just drink this combination, and really, what I, I 
the best thing to liken it to is having a conversation with yourself for the first time, mm. like that id versus the I and, and, and having the, 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 the conversation with yourself so deeply. And, you know, some people have visuals, very strong visuals. And, you know, I, I saw a little Shiva, you know, talking to me and, 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 you know, it's funny because I, I found out through a DNA test that I'm part Punjab Indian. So that was, that was kind of like interesting. I was like, Oh, look at that. That's Oh, wow. Little Shiva. And I'm, I'm a strong believer in past lives or multidimensional lives. So for me, there was just a lot of, a lot of uh, noise and then complete stillness, Hmm. complete stillness. And then there was joy and then there was tears. It was just like you would go, I went through the whole spectrum of emotions and became peaceful with each one of them. Mm. Learned, I just learned, learned to let them come and go. And I also learned not to judge myself so harshly because that is a um, spillover from a childhood trauma and, and not feeling like you're enough. You judge yourself harshly, therefore you judge others and therefore you are judged. Mm. So, um, yeah. It, and it just came back to love yourself. You're valuable. You're worth loving. You're worth loving. That's where we have to start at. And we have worth to go loving ourselves. Love, love thyself. And then you love others. And uh, that just kind of reverberates out into the universe. And, um, if we if we did that, we'd have a different world. But right now, we got a lot of people really hating themselves, and that's what we have in the world. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'm a Christian, and so the Bible says, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself." Well, if I can't love myself, I really can't love you, mm-hmm. and then I can't spill out love into the into the world. And you're right. That's why we have so much hatred in this world because people are not loving themselves. Trina, this was so good. And I know that I can talk to you forever, but I definitely want to be mindful of your time. Before I let you go, I want to ask you what's called my two truth for freedom questions, okay? Okay. Okay, the first one is, what does it take to truly get real and experience freedom with yourself? Ooh, that's a good question, Ramisha to get real with yourself. The first thing is first, please forgive and love yourself. You are not perfect. You are not meant to be perfect. This is a experience for life and learning and healing and growth. So start there, forgive yourself. That is a freedom in of itself, you know, and then allow yourself to, to heal, get out of your way. You know, so many times we're holding on to old experiences, but what you have to do is rearrange that talk in your head as soon as it comes up. I do this practice where I'll say something and I'll look in the mirror and I'll say something is wrong. And then I'll say, no, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great just as I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I am enough. I am more than enough. And then it just kind of like rewires your brain in all the, you know, the talk. So that's the first step to freedom. 
Yeah, that's good. Forgiving yourself mm-hmm. and getting out of your way, which is something that I have been working on for a really long time, but the time is now. Who? that's good. Okay, here's the second one, and it's a fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, my name is blank, and mm-hmm. the truth about debt is. My name is Trina, and the truth about debt is it is a measurement against other people. You are trying to compete in a rigged game and you need to just be you and appreciate what you have when you have it and everything else will align in your life. Mm. Trina, that's it. That is it. That is it. That is it. That is so good. We are in a game. It's kind of like you're trying to fight against these forces that you're never going to beat. A system. It's like you're fighting against a system. It's a rigged system. And it's a system that is only for a few to succeed in. And you know what? You have to realize that. And then you need to you need to make some new rules. For yourself, for your sanity, you do not, you will not be like those other people. You just have to find your own lane and drive in it and build your own table to sit at with some chairs and don't focus on mimicking other people and being other people align with your own purpose by going in, Mm. go in and See what resonates with you, whether that's you praying to God, whether you're meditating, whatever. And excuse the background noise. My street is always in construction. I don't know what's going on here. But the point is this. You need to get right with you internally first. And everything else will just start falling into place. It's about the alignment. It's about the alignment. That is so good. I am so honored to be connected to some amazing people. And you are one of those amazing people that I am honored. I don't feel that our connection happened by chance because, as I've mentioned before, my podcast is all about my personal journey of how I went from being in debt onto this journey of internal transformation and the cycles that I am going through as I deal with the past lessons, as I deal with my present identity of who I am, as I get comfortable being uncomfortable in phase three of penetrating growth, and as I continue to progressively evolve, which is phase number four. So I am grateful and honored to know someone like you. Well, I appreciate you as well for the work that you're doing and waking more people up to find their freedom without feeling like they need to go into debt. It's it's a beautiful, it's all connected. It's all connected. It really is. Trina, if the Freedom Fighter community wanted to connect with you, where could they find you? They can find me at thisreallifebooks.com and they'll see several offerings that I, I offer, but I am a cognitive behavioral therapy coach certified and also a family trauma professional. So if they click on that coaching tab and they want to have a conversation, I have options there. And I also have some, some children's books and 
all kinds of all kinds of goodies. Yes. And I'm going to link all of that in the show notes. And you just dropped your amazing book. Can you give us just a little synopsis about what your latest children's book is about? Well, the latest children's book that I wrote is called Leo the Technicolor Panther, and it's actually a collaboration from my Mindful Storytellers class, where I take children and adults, that inner child, and I walk them through the process of writing and creating collaborative book together. And as I'm doing it, I'm teaching them the five principles of emotional intelligence. And, you know, it's totally on the subconscious level, and they're not even aware that it's happening. And uh, then we create a book and this book uh, that we created, which I take all their ideas and, and, and concepts and I kind of co-write it and mesh it in to make sense is that piece. And I'm so proud of it. I even had my kids a little illustrated this time and it was great. That is awesome. I'm proud of you. And uh, again, Freedom Fighters, all of that information will be in the show notes. Trina, again, thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your light too to the listeners. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I do want to mention that my very first book, Galaxies Well, is now available on Target.com. Yes! Yes! And thank you. Thank you you again. Thank you, Trina. I told you it was going to be good, didn't I? You know, one of the things that Trina really hit on that struck me was that we continue to put ourselves in situations that cause us hurt. I want you to let that sink in for a second. We continue to put ourselves in situations that cause us hurt. How have you been putting yourself in situations that have caused you hurt? If I can be blatantly honest, I've realized that I've been doing this in regards to relationships. What I mean by this is because I've been trying to fill a void from childhood, I continue to put people and if I'm blatantly honest, guys in particular, in positions they never even applied for. And when I was listening to this and I heard Trina say it, it really stung me to my core. But, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. And it takes us continuing to be in these continuous cycles to really get real with ourselves so that we can break free. So now I'm learning to ground and center myself, be clear about what I want, and set the intention around how I will choose to show up and operate. And I've been able to do all of this with the community that I've surrounded myself with. That's why. If this is something you too are working on, I want to invite you. I want to invite you over to our free Freedom Fighter community over on Facebook. This is a group of faith-filled, like-minded women who are on a mission to freeing themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually so that they can do so financially. Life is better when we do it together. So feel free to come and join us. You can find us on Facebook at the Freedom Fighter Community. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can do so over on Instagram at Get Real Be Free. I definitely want to hear what stuck out to you from today's episode. So come on over and let's continue to chat. Well, Freedom Fighters, that concludes episode one of season two here on Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. Was that real 
or what? On today's episode, we discussed the importance of emotional intelligence, the role it plays in healing your inner child, and steps you can take as you continue to navigate this journey to freedom. On next week's episode, we're going to be talking about why having a certain type when it comes to relationships not only keeps you in debt financially, but limits your perspective on what freedom in relationships really looks like. You definitely don't want to miss. So be sure to subscribe and share with a friend while you're at it. That's the only way we'll continue to get others on this freedom train. Until next time, continue to get real with yourself in order to experience true debt freedom by keeping in mind this principle. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free.